At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Hey everyone, my name is Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. Welcome back to another edition of the Patriots Report right here on the Believe Network. Very exciting announcement this week. LeGarrette Blunt, Super Bowl champion, is joining the Patriots Report on a regular basis moving forward. We're going to get LG to talk about all sorts of football stuff. We're going to get his take on the state of the Patriots, get some fun stories about his time in Foxborough, plus look at some of the other fun stuff going on all around the league. But first, before we get to that, I want to let you guys know that this week's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, let's get to our conversation with LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette, want to get your take. First of all, the big story up here in the offseason, the departure of Josh McDaniels and how yeah. that's going to impact what the Patriots do on the offensive side of the ball. In your experience, how is that going to change things in terms of the way the New England offense operates? I don't think it's going to change things per se. I think the, opera, I think the uh, offense will still operate the same. I think they're going to still they're going to still attack every game with run the ball and stop the run. As far as who's going to be calling it, I don't know. My guess would be leaning towards Maddie P because Maddie P has the most experience and he's been there the longest. And obviously he's had head coaching experience now. So, you know, my guess would be would be Maddie P, but I wouldn't put it past Bill to let Maddie P and probably somebody like Joe Judge or some other guys that have that have, have had to be in the offensive room whenever the you know game plans are put in. Obviously, as a head coach, you got to be in there whenever you guys are game planning the offense and stuff like that. And those guys have just a little bit more experience. So, um, you know, those two guys would be would be the people that I think that he would go with. But shit, I I don't know if he you know me personally, I don't know if Bill might go out there and call the offense himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's that kind of guy. You know, he's really hands on. Are we going to see a situation? I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I know that in years past, like you said, Bill's been hands-on. You know, his MO is he's very involved in, in everything across the board. Could we see a situation where Bill ends up calling some offensive plays? Oh, Bill, 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 you know, neck deep into that defense, man. That's his, that's his, that's his baby. So uh, I don't, I, I think situationally, you might get Bill, you know, to chime in here and there, you know, which is the same as it was when he was in a, when Josh was there, you know, mm-hmm. he'll chime in here or there. You know, one thing I don't know is if, if things aren't going the right way, I don't know if he'll take full control or if he'll, you know, talk, sit him down, talk to him and figure it out. But um, they are, we, you know, we always start kind of slow. You know, we always kind of start, you know, all the games that we usually lose, we, we usually lose about four, three or four games a season. And two or three of those games are in the first six or seven weeks, always. 
the idea of Mac Jones finding his footing and, and kind of going from, from here to here in that offense. He was good last year. He certainly had the first half of last yeah. season. The numbers oh, yeah. were where you wanted them to be, especially for a guy with so little experience in the league. What does he have to do now to be able to be a consistent week-to-week quarterback in the National Football League to be able to win games on his own, maybe, as opposed to not just losing them like we saw last year? Man, I think um, I think people, myself included, underestimated Mac Jones as a quarterback. Um, a lot of these Alabama guys or these guys that went to Alabama, I can't name any of them that's, that has panned out in the NFL. Um, nobody at Brady status, obviously. Mm. But, I mean, even a, a, a Alabama guy that's, you know, Matt Ryan status or, you know, um, Philip Rivers status or, you know, just guys, you know, that are really, really good and have been really, really good in the league for a really long time. Obviously, a couple of them haven't won championships, but, you know, not their fault. I think Matt can become, you know, that kind of guy, you know, obviously with the help of an extremely good defense that Bill is going to always put together. He's always going to put together a really good defense. I think Matt I think Matt can really become one of those one of those special guys. Um, he took him to the playoffs last year, and this is not a knock against any receiver there, but he took him to the playoffs last year with he didn't have a Julio Jones, he didn't have a AJ Brown, he didn't have a you know Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham Jr. You know he had Nikhil Harry, you know he had um, Jacoby Myers, you know he had Hunter, he had um, the big tight end from. Tennessee, I John his name. John Usman. Yeah, you know, they got those guys. I mean, and and, and granted, you know, Hunter and John are are key pieces because they can they can they can bust the offense wide open, but you gotta have some outside guys to stretch the field. And and I think with what he had, he did a really good job. So the arrival of Devontae Parker, at least That's in theory. Massive. Yeah, it it, it, it it should be the kind of thing that, that could get him, like I said, from here to here. Those kind of additions, plus you hope that Jonu Smith becomes who you hope he could be. You know, you, right, you get right. Hunter Henry, you have another season of Hunter Henry in the system. You have one of my favorites, James White, coming back. And you have that running game. You have that ground game that was so consistent and so good over the course of the year last year. It feels like this offense, and I don't know if I'm being overly optimistic, it feels like the offense is almost right there. The questions, more of the questions that I have are on the defensive side of the ball, at least going right. forward. Yeah, losing losing, um, losing JC is huge. Losing JC is huge. You know, just just having, it's, it's 32 teams in the NFL, but there's not 32 lockdown corners. You know what I'm saying? There's a handful. I don't really like to throw that lockdown corner out there like that because, man, the you know them them cornerbacks and them them, them DBs they sensitive. They might catch wind of this and be like, "Hey, man, look at Joe. Think I'm da, 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 da. <laughs> Listen, fellas, a lockdown corner in my eyes would be a JC for the retired guys, a Keeb Talib, somebody like Revis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and for the guys that are still playing, I mean, you go on with you know the the kid from uh Diggs from. Dallas, J- Jalen Ramsey, put him in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can you can put you can definitely Jalen Ramsey. My bad, my guy. I ain't even mean to leave you out of the conversation, but you already know what you are. But you know the guys like that. These are guys that are that are locked down. These are can't miss guys. You you can't let them get away. But you know you know they you know with with Bill, he always find a diamond in a rough. He always find him a nice gym. He he has a way of being able to keep the veteran players that are already absolutely awesome 
and Devin McCourty, you know, the guys, you know, Devin McCourty and the guy, you know, um, I don't know if I don't I don't know if they even retained. I think they didn't they didn't let go, they let go Hightower. They didn't even let Hightower. Well, Hightower's not signed. Hightower's not signed for this year. He's still kind of in limbo at this point. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what anybody thinks, bro, Hightower at, you know, a healthy Hightower, he's probably one of the best middle linebackers in the league. You know, so um, Bill knows that. You know, everybody knows that. So, um, you know, we're going to keep it. Hopefully we keep the defense intact. Hopefully we find somebody. I mean, they they brought back Malcolm Butler, who, Mm -hmm. you know, at one point was a shutdown corner, you know, um, especially for New England. You know, you got guys like that. You know, he he feels like if I can get the guys that can run the system and do what I say do and do it the right way, I might not have to bring back the J.C. Jacksons. I might not have to bring back the High Towers. I might not have to bring back the Jamie Collins. I might not have to bring back any of those guys because I could bring in younger with less less mileage on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Younger guys with less mileage that could come out here and do the same thing that these guys do. Bill is second to none when it comes to that. You bring up Malcolm, and, and I'm glad you do because I'm curious. You're a guy who went through this as well. Why do so many guys come back to New England where they'll, they'll, they'll either start here or they're traded to New England, and then they, they go somewhere else, and then they come back? You went through it. Malcolm went through it. Jamie Collins, Trent Brown. Why do guys want to come back to New England? I'm going to tell you why I personally wanted to come back. I personally wanted to come back because, obviously, I enjoyed my time there. I worked hard, and I don't have a problem with working hard. So that's cool with me. I think a lot of guys that don't enjoy their time there and don't like being there are the guys that don't like to put in the work, don't like to like to do things their own way. Um, they're stuck in their ways. You know, they, they, they aren't coachable. They, they, they won't receive, you know, they're not receptive to new ideas. If, you know, for instance, if, oh, guy, you, hey, you look great at outside corner. Hey, you, you look better at slot. You know, some guys, you know, or, you know, you look great at outside receiver. Hey, you're a great, you know, downhill back, but start doing this more or whatever. Some guys can't take that well. Um, and I think those are the guys that I always want out. When I was there, I expressed multiple times how much and how bad I wanted to be there and how much I loved it there. Granted, I did show up a couple times in training camp a little overweight. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, but, you know, again, I know the consequences of that. I know that I'm going to have to go run the conditioning test. I know I'm a, I, if, if I fail it, I know I'm going to have to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, the next day, run it again, and practice. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, you know, I know the consequences, and I was cool with that. You know, like, don't get me wrong, I didn't come over with all the time, but the one and two time, one or two times that I did, I understood what I had to do to get back right. Building them understood what I had to do to get back right. And they trusted me because, you know, the whole time I was there, I was one of the premier backs. Even when I came back from Pittsburgh, I ended up, you know, I came back from Pittsburgh at 258 pounds or something like that, which is they gave me number, they gave me number 60 my first day of practice. <laughs> so Bill was like, you're going to be on the line until you get down to the playing weight. But obviously I started that Sunday. But still, though, you know, it's, you know, I enjoyed it there. I love Bill to death. There's a consistency, or at least there seems like there's a consistency with Bill, and there's an understanding and a trust amongst veteran players that you know exactly what you're doing when you're walking in that door. He will not put you in a position where you will not be able to succeed. 100%. I 100% agree on that. Um, and I, I think that a lot of guys got to take that into consideration. And, you know, sometimes that, sometimes that position to succeed might not be what you or what I thought it was you know what I'm saying 
hey man, hey, I need to do this right here. I need to run this run. I need to run this play. I need to do this right here in order for me to be my best version of my best self. You know, who's to argue with Bill? If Bill don't see it that way, I'm not gonna argue with you. Nah, LG, this is what this is what you need to do. This is what we see you doing, and this is you're gonna this is gonna be your bread and butter. In my eyes, I'm like, shit, okay, Bill, let's get it. You know, a lot of guys are gonna do that. You know, they might be like, man, all right, you know, or they might be like, man, I, don't, I ain't never done that, or whatever. You know, they just might not be open to it. I'm telling you, man, Bill is extremely smart, hands down. Just the, I, I, my personal opinion, the best coach to ever coach in the NFL, and he's the most strategic. He's the most organized. Like he, to the T. You know, to the all the way down to the numbers and percentages. He's mm-hmm. he's the he's the best out there. I haven't seen anyone as as you know, as on point as he is, because he's never wrong. What's the conditioning test like? I, I've been fascinated by it. And, and I tried to do a, like about 10 or so years ago, I talked to a couple of guys in the locker room and they said, okay, the conditioning test is like this. And it's, you know, these sprints and you have to do them in this amount of time. And I went out and I tried to do it as a reporter and I oh, failed no miserably. One. I'm curious to get your take on what it's like. All right. So I'm, I, I am technically a skilled position, but I weigh 250 pounds. So for me, the conditioning test was 2060s at, I want to say maybe 10 seconds or something, something crazy, mm-hmm. like enough in a short enough time span that you really got to sprint to make it. Like you can't just be like, oh, I can make, you know what I'm saying? Like you mm-hmm. really got to sprint to make it. And I just always thought it was unfair because I was running with guys that was 190. 180, 200, 205. You know, the closest guy to my weight was probably 210. The receivers. You're running with the receivers. Yeah, I'm running with the receivers. I'm run- Bolden. Bolden might be the closest to my weight out of everyone. And I think B- B- Brandon Bolden probably weighed 220. You know what I'm saying? That's 2 222, something like that. But I was 250. And I thought it wasn't fair because James Devlin weighed 250 and he didn't run with us. Really? He ran with the linebackers, you know? So I'm like, bro, listen, I need to run with those guys. And uh, that was never the case. I argued to my face turn red and that would never be the case. I'm like, Bill, man, what's up? Like I, I'm, I'm outweighing it. He's like, but you're a skill position. So you need to be in shape like the other skill positions. And uh, man, I, I, I want to say out of the all the time, out of the, all the years that I was there, probably passed conditioning test on the first try. Mm-hmm. Probably passed it once. Probably, <laughs> maybe. I'm so, for sure, so once for this for the skill guys, it's twenty sprints of sixty yards each. Yes. Okay. And, how how and, does it? It obviously varies from position to position too. So the lineman is forty yards. Okay. Um, the mid skill is fifty yards, and the skill is sixty yards. Um, obviously, you know these linemen are big boys, but. I will not discredit them. They are still world-class athletes. Mm-hmm. So a 40-yard sprint for them, it, it may look – for us, it may be like, dang, what them, the linemen got to run 40, though. I have yet to see a lineman fail that test. They, they, they go out there and they do it jogging. You know, a lot of them are like 6'5". Mm-hmm. So they can jog 40 yards, you know, and it looks like – it looked like they're running – but they, you know, they could jog that. I done seen some guys run that and come out at, after 20, they'd be like, <laughs> you know, and I'm out here like, bro, I'm giving it every every ounce of everything I got to keep up with 
Devin McCourty and Malcolm Butler and and Deron Harmon and Aaron Dobson and all these guys. I'm running as hard as I can. And they're like, oh, no, nah, bro, you good. Don't trip. You good. And I'm out here like. <laughs> you know, who's the guy that surprised you the most? Who, who's in, in terms of either flat out speed or, or being too quick or too slow? Who's the guy that, that surprised everyone when it came to the conditioning test? Mm-hmm. Every single time. Never seen him fail it. Wow. He, he, and, and he, Vince, a big man. Vince, a big man. I have yet to see Vince fail that conditioning test, man. He, he, he go out there and he run it, bro. And I'm like, bro, how? How? Because he, I mean, obviously he has a huge stomach. Like, V is not, V is just not like the, per, the stature of great body, whatever structure. Vince could dunk a basketball. Vince could run those 20 sprints like, like, like it's nothing. Vince could shoot a basketball. Vince could kick a football. Bro, Vince is probably one of the most impressive. Vince Wilford is probably one of the most impressive guys I've been around, bro. He he is. Don't let the size fool you. He is a really athletic guy. I, he's cut down on his weight a little. I don't know if you've seen him lately. He doesn't look like the same guy. He cut down a lot? Yeah, he doesn't uh, look like the same guy at all. It's, it's really all impressive. Them, all them linemen do that when they retire, man. Yep. Look at Sebastian Vollmer. Have you seen him? His oh, Yeah, his Instagram amazing. is remarkable. Yeah. He looks amazing like a bodybuilder. He does. It does. <laughs> I, I want to change the focus a little bit. And I want to get, because OTA is wrapped up. We're sitting here Thursday, June 9th. They just called off the last day of, of exactly. We're going to get to that in a second. But the, they just called off the last practice of OTAs. They cut the guys loose for the summer until late July. What's the focus for a player at this time of year? I, I, I understand you know, you're getting your mind right. You're getting your body right. But if you're in camp with New England, if you're with New England right now, what are some of the things you want to get accomplished? Right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so for instance, right now, what I want to do is get familiar with the offense. I want to get familiar with the terms. I want to get familiar with the play calls. Because right now, that's the only uncertainty that you have is who's going to call the plays. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the players know, mm-hmm. but who's going to call the plays? So you want to get used to how they call the plays. What are their favorite ones? What do they like? You know, what do they like to do? do? They like to run more. Do they like outside zone? Do they like power? Um, do they like duo? You know, so you gotta you. I I would want to learn the offense and who's calling it because getting back into it whenever you start in training camp, you're gonna have to learn this offense on the fly. You're gonna install it when you're gonna install it in the morning, and then you're gonna go do it that that day. You know, um, so take advantage of, of learning everything you can learn about the offense right now. The conditioning part and all that, you, you've been doing that the whole this whole offseason while you've been there. You know, all of that, but take full throttle on, on how to get this offense because, again, in my personal experience, if you don't know what you're doing out there, you will not play. No matter how good you are, no matter how nice of a player you are, you will not play. You know your fifth all time in franchise history in rushing touchdowns. I looked this up this week. No, that, are, you, are you surprised at all? Does that are you? But I, I know you were Mister Red Zone when you were here. But fifth all time in a relatively short period of time. Breaking it inside the twenty and all the way home for the touchdown. Uh, kinda. I know the guys like Curtis was there. You know, K. Feezy. Mm-hmm. Um. 
you know, um, Dreads. Uh, Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon. Corey's there. Sam Cunningham. Cunningham was there. Yep. And, also, and, and that's, and that's yeah, that's, that's basically the group. Yeah, yeah. And they, they had uh, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. I'm fascinated by this. I, I'm by, by, by the running backs in the, the turnover at the running back position under Bill. And as a, as a running back, I want to ask you this quick, quick question here. You rush for, you got a career year in 2016, 1,161 yards, phenomenal numbers, a career high. I found an interesting stat, and I want to get your take on this. Bill has never had a back rush for 1,000-plus yards in back-to-back seasons, ever. Right. Ant- Antoine Smith came close. Corey Dillon came close. Why do you think that's the case? That's a good question. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's purpose. I just think that it's unfortunate because whenever you do play against New England, you know, obviously you're going to look at it in in game plan. So if you have a guy, if you didn't play against New England last year and you got a guy that rushed for, you know, 1100 yards, well, you know, if he's still there and he's still the starting back, that's one of your main focuses the next. All right, we're going to make sure this guy don't beat us. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that's that's where that's where obviously Tom comes into play. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's where, you know, that's, that's you know, obvious. It's, it's, it's pick your poison at that point. Me and Tom there, it's pick your poison. Either you're going to let 12 beat you or you're going to let me, James, and Dion beat you. Mm-hmm. You know, so... That was always the case. You know, obviously, when I rushed for that 1,100 and something yards, it was me, me, Dion, and James that year. But um, Dion was more so all-purpose. Yeah. You know, some games he might get 15, 16, 17 carries. Some days he might get two and he get seven catches. You know, so – I think I think that kind of I think all that kind of plays a role in you having those back to back, you know, thousand yard seasons. And and in, in my personal um situation, I think one of the big reasons why I did have almost twelve hundred yards is because twelve missed first four games. That's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. You know, it was Jimmy for first the first game. It was Jimmy for the half of the second game. And then Jacoby came in for the rest of the second game. Jacoby started the third game. Or hold on, maybe maybe Jimmy got hurt in the third. Well, no, I know against of, Miami. That third, I think it was the. I think I think it was the third game against Miami. Right, right. Yeah. Jimmy got hurt then, and then Jacoby came in and finished that game. And then the next week against Buff, uh, the Houston Texans, maybe yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah. That that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about the Texans, Texans game. That that was Jacoby's game on a short week. I remember that. Yep, yep. So that was yep. That was Jacoby's game. That Texans game when uh he balled out. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I think he did like the little the little Peyton Manning fake handoff, you know what I'm saying? Running, running slow as hell <laughs> to, to the end zone, and um, and I think I think that might have been like one of the I think that might have been the game where I had actually like my fastest run in the league. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I hit 20 miles an hour on that uh long touchdown run off off to the left the left outside zone against the Texans. I think I hit like 20 miles an hour on that run. I don't I I don't it don't look like it to me. But I'll take it. <laughs> what? Down to the six. And it's first and goal. And it's blocked. Ruling on the field. Touchdown. Last question for me this week. Who's going to win the NBA Finals? We're sitting here Thursday afternoon. The Celtics are up two games to one. I want to get your take on how things have gone so far. I know when you were in Boston, you're, you, you were a, a presence 
a, a daily presence almost, you know, at, at TD Garden. You're a huge Celtics fan. I, I, I got to get your take on the NBA. I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. Okay, that's okay. That's fair. You're okay. Good point. But, but, but. I, I'm 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 rocking I'm rocking I'm a rock with this. I mean, I was when I was there for four years. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a rock with the Celtics all day every day. They always took care of me. They always took care of my family. I of course I want them to win, but that's me. That's me. That's that's me saying it with my heart. I'm saying that with my heart. That's I'm I'm gonna just say that. That's my heart speaking. Mm-hmm. I want I want them to win really really bad. But man, bro, those guys on the other side is just anybody else. Mm-hmm. It had to be them, you know. Like it just, Steph can give you forty any game. Clay can give you 25, 30 any game. Draymond is a non-factor on the offensive side. Jordan Jordan Poole could give you twenty five. Wiggins could give you twenty. You know, and so forth and so on. And a lot of things that people don't under, what one thing that people don't understand. Golden State one of the best teams in the NBA on defense. They are. They are. They're top two or three best teams in the NBA on defense. So are the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, is you're going to have to continue. You're never going to stop Golden State from scoring, unfortunately. Like, it's hard. But you got to continue to score a lot of points. Tatum got to show up. Brown got to show up. Orford got to show up. They all got to continue to show up. You know, um, I'm going I'm going to see – I'm going season – my heart telling me I'm going season seven. All right. I like it. I like it. Look, I, I, and I want to wrap up here by asking you, you got a lot of stuff going on in, in your post-playing career. Let yeah. people know a little bit. And obviously, since we're going to be doing the podcast together, you're going to have more of a chance to talk to people about it week after week. But at the same time, what do you got going? What are you up to these days? Man, I'm just being a dad right now. I'm running my CBD company, uh, LG's Feel Good, Rollerball, Sleep Gummies, anxiety drops um the whole nine man we got anything that you know and it's all natural all organic and it has you know absolutely no thc involved in it at all so this is safe for everyone you know uh, a lot of people feel like i created this just for professional athletes when that's not the case because my mom uses it my dad uses it my kids use it my kids are my kids are athletes so my daughter's cheer my son does football basketball He'll start baseball here soon. Well, actually, not soon. It'll have to be after football season. But he he's starting to go to the batting cages and stuff like that. We just went to the field yesterday and hit the ball and fielded the ball and stuff like that. And they use this. They use they use it religiously. They love it. The sleep gummies. You know, um, my my son. Like, I mean, he's out for the summer now, so I give him a little leeway. You know, mm-hmm. so I might let him stay up till you know midnight, twelve thirty, whatever. But uh, sometimes he'll try to spring that along. You know, I might step, I might, I might sneak upstairs, you know, just to see if he'll sleep. Push the door open real quick, and you know, he might, he might. I'll see his eyes open, and then when he see me, he'll be like, "I'm like, bro, turn the TV off, bro. Go get a sleep gummy, bro, or something, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, he he does." I, and I was like that. I had those problems growing up. I, I I just couldn't sleep. I just couldn't turn my brain off. I feel like mm-hmm. I had to stand up or walk around or something. So he has that, and uh, but these these sleep gummies help him. Um, the anxiety drops help my daughter because uh, she has a little anxiety when it comes to performing with um, cheer. So she'll go up there, she'll probably drop the anxiety drops a couple times, and she'll be good to go. Um, it's for stay at home moms, dads, doctors, lawyers, fire everyone. It's for everyone. So I just don't want people to think that this is just only for professional athletes. It's for everybody. Where can you where can you find him? You got a website? Yes. 
You can find it at lgsfeelgood.com. That's where you can find all of the products. Um, moving forward, when I have my great professional setup over here, you'll see them. I'll have them, I'll have them on, the, on the desk. I'll have them in the background so, you know, people can see them and see what it's like. But I'll definitely, yeah, definitely check in. If, if you guys are dealing with any kind of pain, discomfort, or any kind of anxiety or, you know, sleep deprivation, you know, bad sleep patterns, any of that, this is the way. Not the pain pills, not the sleeping pills, not all the things that can, you know, destroy your liver in the long term. These are healthy ways to deal with all of that. Love it. Well, LG, this has been great. A great debut episode here, the new version of the Patriots Report right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Going to look forward to you talking to you each and every week, maybe a couple times a week, fingers crossed, if we can you know, make sure. it work, uh, going forward, talking about the NFL, talking about the Patriots. So love to have you a part of the Believe team. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. I'm excited. I can't wait. Again, we will be professionally set up soon after we get all this stuff moved out the way, man, get into the new house. Sounds good. I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, Chris. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.